It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. California Wine Country. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's obvious uh, that it is California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn. Our guest today with Dan Berger is Barry Herbst, the wine buyer from Bottle Barn. And you heard that. It's New Year's Eve coming up on Sunday, so we're talking sparkling wines. Barry, always great to see you, bud. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. All right. So I know Bottle Barn has everything. Probably more sparkling wines at great prices than anywhere that anyone who is listening could go. It keeps growing. Better, better prices and better selection than any shop in this country and maybe anywhere. Right on. That's Dan Berger. And what he says, we believe him. I'm going to go with that. So, Barry, uh, are we talking sparkling wines from this area, that nothing that could be called champagne? And ex- Well, we've got a range here because champagne is getting pretty pricey now. I've seen a lot of price increases the last few years. But explain the reason, uh, the, the deal with uh, we, they can't call spar- these sparkling wines champagne, right? Right. It's a, a delineated geographic area in France, you know, about a half an hour east of uh, Paris. Is there a champagne police force that will come to Sonoma uh, County and uh, knock on your door? Good. Good. Sorry, <laughs> you called that champagne. It's sparkling wine. It's come a, with me. It's the French government and the United States government who have to deal with this. And the French government says no. And the United States government says, okay, not a big deal. Really? Yeah. It's a place name. Champagne is a location. It's a brand. You can't really just arbitrarily use it so all right whatever all right call it sparkling because wine. We, we've been calling want. we've been calling call it, it sparkling call wines it, yeah. cecil <laughs> <laughs> call, or, you like. call it bob call it there bob. you go whatever you want <laughs> it's a wave of sparkling wines today with barry herbst mm-hmm. the wine buyer from bottle barn and the california wine country is brought to you by bottle barn and we love them and thank them well what i first opened here is we're kind of starting with the value play uh this is from spain uh, it's a cava and it's uh, it's grown northeast, I believe, of Barcelona. But it, it, they can't call it champagne. It is a cava, which yeah. is the Spanish northwest, word. Northwest of I'm Barcelona. I'm sorry, northwest. Okay. Right. <laughs> I got turned around. And, and Spain makes some pretty good. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. make, they make good wines. Oh, and yeah. they, they make sparkling wines. Yeah. Well, this is good. an area uh, uh, just outside of Barcelona. It's about 40-minute 40, 40 drive. And it's a very, very cool region, even though it, there's not a lot of, of coastal influence directly. But there are some coastal passageways from the ocean that give it cool area. The, the nice part about the cool is that it maintains the acidity. And this stuff is really classically acidic-based. It's a, a, a beautiful example of a grape that you would never hear of before. You, it's called Zarello. It's a... It's about 50% of the blend. <clears throat> Barry, tell us more about how you discovered this. So this um, cava is, because the land's been owned for generations and uh, production costs are so unbelievably cheap there compared to champagne, this is thirteen ninety nine a bottle. Uh, made wow. exactly like champagne. Wow. Completely bone dry, no dosage. This is called uh, Brute Nature, which uh, they make three different cavas, and this is the driest of the three. And uh, pretty remarkable what they can do for fourteen dollars. Yeah, that I mean, is. We remarkable. certainly can't produce hardly anything here for that, just because of the cost of land. Now, I want to be later. absolutely clear to to listeners because <clears throat> this wine is on the tongue. 
it's not bone dry. On the tongue, yeah. it's actually got a slight, slight touch of sweetness. But in and, the finish, you in, see that... In the finish, it's dry. Yes, okay. Yeah, I think it's the fruitiness of the, the yeah. local grapes. It's right. got also Maccabea in it, which is kind of a fruity quality. And uh, we sell a lot of this. People really discover it. It's called Mercat is the brand, and we've probably got it seven or eight in Cava's. Spell that. What's that? Spell Mercat. Mercat, M-E-R-C-A-T. That's what I would have done. Yeah. All right, and at Bottle Barn, you can go to Bottle Barn and get it uh, for New Year's Eve parties for how much? Thirteen ninety nine. Holy moly. That's really good value, <clears throat> in particular because 30 years ago when I first tasted the Zarello-based sparklings, they had a kind of an odd aroma to me, and I couldn't get around them. Today they're making it better and better than it's ever done. It, this really? is really quality stuff. At 13 bucks at Bottle yeah. Barn. Holy Tough girl. to beat. Really good. All right. Uh, it is California Wine Country brought to you by Bottle Barn, and we're glad that Barry Herbst, the wine buyer from Bottle Barn, is with us today, of course, along with Dan Berger. Uh, okay. Well, that was good. Dan, any problems uh, with this sparkling wine from None whatsoever. Spain? As far as I'm concerned, this is as good a bottle of uh, uh, sparkling you can find for this kind of money anywhere in this country. If you pay for thirteen bucks, for 13, yeah. If you if you're paying less than twenty five dollars, you're and you don't know anything about the brand you're buying. It's risky because you don't know what the sweetness is. You don't know what the aromatics are all about. You don't know whether the bubbles are small enough. I mean, there's all these different issues that come to play. And sparkling is the trickiest of all those varieties because you have to know pretty much before you harvest a single grape what you're planning on doing. Wow, very good, Dan. Uh, Barry, what else we got? That right. that we're, was very tasteful and thirteen bucks at bottle. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Tough to beat. Um, we're moving uh, back home here now to Mendocino, a property it's uh, probably known to a lot of people called Sharpenberger. Yeah, uh, uh, the guy that now makes chocolates, and he has since sold it and uh, is owned by Rotor now, I believe. Yes, and this is a rosé. They make a brute, which is outstanding, which sells for uh, $19. And this is a rosé sparkle, ro- sparkling yeah. rosé? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. i got to try that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, they got a new winemaker probably three years ago or four years ago, and I really feel like the quality of the sparkling wines has gone up uh, significantly. How much is this? At this one's at twenty three ninety nine. There you go. Yeah. And it's really difficult to make sparkling rosé. That's relatively dry. This is relatively dry. It's got a little teeny bit of sweetness in the aftertaste. You're but, right. You're but right. The balance is perfect. And on the palate, it is is dry. It mm-hmm. really is dry. And it goes. Can you imagine how good this would go with a little bit of smoked salmon? I really like the aromatics on this. It's got a lot of floral, kind of really expressive. Mike, will you uh, go down to the cellar real quick and get some smoked salmon for mm-hmm. us? Yeah. Chives. Right. There he goes. <laughs> It's really the art of, of picking two or three vintages, sometimes four. That they put? Uh, that they've been holding back. You know, it could be four years old, six right. years old. Uh, and putting those together and making a cuvee that, you know, the winemaker is happy with. The word cuvee really basically means a blend. And a blend of different vintages often gives you more complexity. That's why so many sparkling wines and even champagnes are not uh, vintaged. They don't have a vintage date. Right. Now, the really expensive stuff, like Rotor Cristal or things like that, these are products that are vintage dated. You pay 
for the vintage. Uh, lots of money. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a substantial you step know, up when there's I, a vintage I, date on the label. The whole deal in films and TV shows, it's Dom Perignon. That's it. Or, or That's Bollinger. Like, uh, yeah, if, uh, James, if you're watching James Bond, or Chris, yeah. or, and Crystal, right? Isn't that? Yeah, Crystal. That used yeah. to be the rappers sparkling thing, but right. they right, had right. a falling out. With and, you know, and it's like a hundred and twenty dollars or three hundred dollars. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, Dom Pignon is a very, very fine quality champagne. It defines champagne in a certain way for some people because when you finally taste a really good one, from, for example, 08 was great. 09 was good, really good, but 08 was. One of, the, one of the best vintages one of the best in 20 vintage, years. Yeah, yeah, in a long, long time. So when the 08s were being sold on the East Coast, and we're selling, selling a whole bunch of 09s here, and yeah. the, the Dom Perignon people would not buy the 09s until the mm-hmm. 08s were re- ready to be sold here. Right. And we, yeah. So it was, it was backwards vintage. So Dom Perignon, that was a, a real guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually visited Champagne uh, this spring, and you go, to, you can go to his tomb, and you can go to the monastery where his first you know, name was deserved. Pierre. Just as a side yeah. note, so where did the Dom? He was a, he was a Dominican uh, uh, brother of the, oh, okay. the Dominican order, oh, okay. and he was Dom Perignon. But the uh, quality of Dom Perignon, I have to say, they don't make a small amount. It's, <laughs> it's, they it's make a, a lot it's, of that it, stuff. It's a good amount, but they have really kept. You know they have and they're consistent. Resources. Yeah, very consistent. How, have, how much for a bottle of Dom Perignon at Bottle Barn? I think we're at two fifty nine now Lord. a bottle. Yeah, but that's, or you can get the stuff discounted. we just tasted for thirteen bucks. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. the thirteen dollars stuff is amazing value. It's not going to be rivaling Dom Perignon anytime <laughs> soon. But I mean, Dom Perignon is a, a, is an iconic example totally. of what champagne is. Mm. At, but until you taste it like 20 times from different sources and different bottles, you really can't understand Dom Perignon until you taste it like, a t- I would say, what, at least 10 times, yeah. right? Well, and older bottles are super interesting. They, they develop layers of complexity. Like the English are really big on uh, old champagne. And I got one bottle of 67 Dom Perignon in my cellar, and I don't know what to do with it. Wow. <laughs> Bring it in here next week. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Probably, dead. you know. But the, the whole thing and people, you know, that I I, st- I still have rich friends who, you know, oh, we're having Dom Perignon for New Year's, and I go, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, it's a, well. Dan Berger brought me a Chardonnay. I'm fine. That's fine. You're good. Well, let me let me make another point about that. Steve, Please do. Which is very important. Is that when you go to a large party, a large party for New Year's Eve, for example, and somebody decides to bring out. A really, really fine example of champagne. Mm-hmm. Really good quality, capital C champagne. And it's, you know, 150, 300, whatever a bottle. Nine-tenths of the people in that room will not understand it or appreciate it. So basically it's being wasted on people who just want bubbles. There's a lot of great bubbles out there for 15 or $18. You don't have to spend $300 for a bottle of Dom Perignon. Amen. And in a large group, the last thing you want to do is serve something expensive because most people won't understand it. Exactly. Why serve yeah. it to people who have ice cubes in it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's a waste. So that's why some of these wines that Barry's brought are really exceptional values. I mean, $22 for $23 for that. Uh, Scharfenberger, Rosé. Okay, yeah, this is Mendocino? 
Yes. From Mendocino. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, how much? 23 23.99. And it's a fantastic spot to visit, too. It's about halfway through the Anderson Valley. It's right at uh, Philo. It's right yeah. in the area. Yeah. It's right in the I know town Philo. Philo. Beautiful. All right, but we're talking, area. Barry, we're talking New Year's Eve in uh, the North Bay. Mm-hmm. 23 bucks at Bottle Barn. Exactly. Yeah. And, and talk about, about uh, how much rich, you guys love this. It's oily. It's got that rich. It's got that salmony characteristic, which is one of the reasons I was talking about salmon. One of the reasons that you want a wine like this is it's all encompassing. People who don't like champagne will like this. People who don't understand champagne will like this. People no, you're, who you're right. Just looking mm-hmm. for a good quality bubbly. This is a great quality. I love rosé. And I love the sparkling wine. Yeah, I'm a fan of rosé too. There's, and I uh, see a ton of them. No. Oh man, uh, the uh, the the finish the stays finish with me, delicious. and it's great. It's yeah. partially based on that Pinot Noir. The reason that the the color is in there is that Pinot Noir was used as part of the blending process, and this stuff is really it's got deliciousness, whether or not it's got bubbles. Mm-hmm. After the wine, after the wine loses its bubbles, it still tastes good. Yeah, I agree. The base of it. Yeah, yeah it is California Wine Country uh, with Dan Berger. Our guest is Barry Herbst, the wine buyer from Bottle Barn. And we're doing sparkling wines today in honor of New Year's Eve. I need to tell you about the big New Year's Eve party at Poppy Bank Epicenter. This is a New Year's Eve family party. It's an annual event, and they do it so well. I mean, think about this. It's Sunday, starts at 5 p.m., goes to 10 p.m., The doors actually open at 445, uh, and you can bring your entire family, regardless of the kids' ages, uh, down to the Poppy Bank Epicenter and celebrate New Year's as a family. The party starts at 5. The ball drops at 9 p.m. Of course, just like me, they watch the ball drop in New York. The kids will love it. They'll be streaming the East Coast ball drop, of course. It'll be a New Year's celebration that your little kids won't forget. Kids ages two and under get in free. And that their admission includes the toddler uh, area, uh, the toddler bounce house. Uh, they get a buffet meal ticket. and It's just such a great event. Anyway, it is New Year's Eve, the family party at the fabulous uh, Poppy Bank Epicenter in Santa Rosa. Okay, uh, Barry Herbst, uh, the wine buyer from Bottle Barn. We're doing sparkling wines for New Year's Eve. What do you got now? Okay, we're jumping over to Italy now. All uh, right. We Salute. are... Tasting a Francia Corta, which is a region west of Milan, and they grow similar grapes, uh, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and Pinot Blanc, which is not grown in Champagne usually. Right. Uh, but they do replicate the same process as Champagne. But again, like Cava, the, the land and the labor, the costs are a lot lower, and they're able to produce a pretty remarkable product for not too much money. This uh, We're tasting. Are you tasting this, Dan? I just fabulous wine. Just and how much at Bottle Barn? This one is called Vigna Dorata, and it is twenty four ninety nine. Oh my great. God, that's Folks. a bargain! Yeah, that is so a real just bargain. a dollar more Normally, than the Normally, a French Corte wine is going to cost you thirty five bucks, but yeah. French Corte is a very, very well known region in Italy and completely unknown in the United States. Well, explain. Get further into that. Well, it's in the area of it's west of Milan, in the hills. And the best of them is Cade del Bosco. Cade del Bosco makes fabulous, fabulous sparkling wines. But what would it cost to buy a bottle of Cade del Bosco at your store today? I think their lowest level uh, sparkling is $45, and they make stuff that gets into the hundreds. 
And and this at twenty five bucks is is ridiculously underpriced. This is yeah. really delicious wine. Yeah, nice. Barry, hike up the price, will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I like about this area is that when I visited there some years ago, I found that the vines were being grown on trellises that were eight feet high. Eight feet. Why is that? Because that's not normal for wine grapes. No, no, no. no. Right. Five feet is max. You right, know, right, you don't right. want to grow, go higher than five feet. Well, the problem for eight in in this area, the stones on the ground are white. The stones are white. What does that mean? Well, that means that it radiates the sunlight in a much stronger way, right. and mm-hmm. it creates a heat and sunlight component that the grapes do not like. So in order for you to make champagne-style wine or, or sparkling wine from, from uh, French Accorda, you've got to grow the grapes so they're harvested at five feet off the ground. So the trellises are at eight feet. That is a crazy concept, but it works. And I, when I walk through the vines, I'm looking up. I'm looking up it makes to it see easier it. for harvesting. You're not yeah. bending over. You're not bending down. If they're eight, eight feet high, again, how, how do they get to five? Because the, the the vine the grapes have to the clusters have to down. have to hang down about three feet. Okay. So then you're harvesting at five feet. Well, the harvest people love it because they don't have to bend over. Their backs are not in, in spasm when they're harvesting mm-hmm. grapes. Yeah, they have that in uh, western coast of Spain too, in Chacolina. Exactly, wines, it grows exactly. Over your yeah, head. It's the western coast of Spain is exactly the same thing. Uh, so both of you talk about this particular uh, uh, sparkling wine. Where's it from? Uh, Francia Corta is the region. Gotcha. It's very crisp. I would say it's a little drier than the Scharfenberger even. I definitely agree with that. crisp, clean, probably very low dosage. Has a spicy note to it, almost a a little bit like juniper berry, something like that. A spicy note to it. Mm, Exactly. I love that. You know what I used to say for years? In fact, uh, you, you you and I have been doing this for so long. I, I would take a, a sip of, a, 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 of a, a wine and go, oh, this wine has a fruity nose and a snotty face. <laughs> <laughs> I did it so much that I had to stop doing it. Right. Because even my biggest fans were going, you know, we've heard that for a long time. <laughs> All right. But None of the wineries hired I you to be a up. spokesman? I shut it up. This is the first time I've done it again. You know, we got a lot of new listeners, so this wine Bring does it have. out there, yeah. French Accord is really delicious. Look, for 25 bucks, you can't touch this. That's yeah, true. As solid. much as I like the Scharfenberger, which I think is a good value, this is even better value. It's worth the extra dollar. Yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, let me taste this one. Yeah. I don't. Uh, this, we should talk this a little. subtle. This is more subtle. We should talk a little about dosage, which is something they do at the very end yeah, of the explain dosage. process. A it's, lot of people think it's horses. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's dressage. That horse uh, is dancing. Yeah. I think that's dosage. No, that's not the aroma you want in champagne. <laughs> it's something, you know, the finished product after the second fermentation is extremely dry. And they add this dosage, which is uh, grape spirits, basically, uh, to s- sweeten it. And you can control the sweetness level. And they're doing less and less of it now because with global warming, the grapes are getting riper. It's not required as much. In right. fact, there's quite a bit more wine like that first cava that's brute nature with no dosage at all um there's four different levels there's brute nature extra brute which is one notch up in dryness and then brute is kind of the mid-level and then extra dry is actually sweet which makes no sense but i don't want to bring this back to dom Perignon, but mm-hmm. do they make all these different wines 
They, and, and the prices go up or down or what? It's now they make different. They have a vintage dated uh, champagne. Moet right. and Chandon is the main brand, and they have a vintage dated. They make a rosé. They make a nectar, which is slightly sweet. Uh, it's like a demi-sec champagne, and then Dom Perignon. Most of all the others are brut. Brut is still the best-selling right. brand, but yeah, okay. people's tastes are going drier and drier. We're selling quite a bit more extra brut in nature, which is drier than brut. Kind of. All right. He is Barry Herbst, longtime wine buyer for Bottle Barn. Uh, Dan Berger's here, of course. It's California wine country. And we're getting ready for New Year's Eve doing sparkling wines. What do you got next? Okay, now we go to the homeland into Champagne. Uh, this producer is LaSalle, which is a small family-owned producer. I'm a big fan of the smaller. In Sonoma County? No, no, in no. Champagne, France. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. So you're not paying for a big marketing department here like you would with Veuve Clicquot or uh, Bollinger or these guys that are paid to be in movies and all that. You've got a small family uh, producing a few thousand cases of Champagne which can be as good as the $100 bottles. You're just, uh, those yeah. bottles have a lot of marketing yeah, right built into them. So um, this is 100% Chardonnay, Blanc de Blanc. Uh, and I'm a big fan of it. It's very reasonable as champagne goes. Uh, $33.99 a bottle. At Bottle Barn. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dan, talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Ch- champagne La Salle is a historic property. This one is actually imported by Kermit Lynch a very, very reputable importer in the East Bay, and has been for several years. This is a fast, fascinating wine because it's got a combination of champagne character and richness, but the richness is yet to show itself fully. As far as I am concerned, now, all these other wines, drink them as soon as you get them. This one, I put away for six months to a year. Yeah, it's got the fullest body of the group so far. And they leave it on the yeast to kind of develop that. You know, some properties like Bollinger and Paul Roger are famous for that, where you get this toasty brioche quality from leaving it on the yeast, and it, it enhances the body and the flavors. So. And, Dan, in general, uh, you know, you can't get a, a total number on this. It's kind of a weird question. But generally, uh, with sparkling wines, how, how many do you you lay down if you were born in london <laughs> you, i might have been i don't know if you were anybody listening if you were born in london you take all these wines and put them in the cellar for 15 years mm-hmm. if you were born in the united states you buy them and drink them on the way home <laughs> Straight out of the paper bag. <laughs> uh, the drive in One Country Radio does not suggest no, that. No, we do not. We do not. <laughs> we do not that was, that was no. tongue-in-cheek, intentionally no. humorous. Uh, no, the the One Country Radio and the drive and That's Vicario okay. Productions say right. don't listen do to not, Dan. Whatever the hell he's saying. I don't. am an idiot. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah well, but, like, you're on the drive, so we're all idiots. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. comes with the territory. Right. No, but the bottom line is that London, people who are born in England typically like their sparkling wines with a lot more maturity and character. I don't. Why is that? Because they they accept this. Because the food sucks, and they. No, 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 no. I the, like the, ma- mashed peas, and I, I think that's fine. I like English food. Okay, but the secret to this is really what you were brought up with, and the English really uh, respect maturity in sparkling wine. They really, really do. All right, so if you're, you're, you're talking 10, 15 years laying this sucker oh, yeah, down? Yeah, and, and what happens? Uh, it's it becomes sparkling more, wine. It becomes more like baked bread. 
There's a brioche or bread dough character that creeps into this stuff because these wines, at their very best, are aged on their yeast cells. What, do, what, what is the element that makes bread? By the yeast. way, I have to tell you, okay. you know yeast cells, one of my favorite bands tonight, Hot Monk Sebastopol. Thank you very the much. The yeast cells. <laughs> The average price now for champagne, even at our great prices, is probably between fifty and sixty dollars. And this one really stands out that they've really held the line. And this sells for fifty in any other store in the country. Yeah, and I was wrong. It's not Blanc de Blanc. It's actually the Brut that I brought. They make a Blanc de Blanc that's more expensive, but the Brut is the value play in the portfolio. Uh, Thirty-three ninety-nine. Uh, we've been through quite a bit of it this year already. If you could so, find this for less than fifty anywhere else. It's a good bargain. No, you won't find it Here, anywhere else. Thirty-three ridiculous. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, this is all available, and we're talking about all this stuff uh, for Bottle Bar. And on New Year's Eve, we're open till four, and I should mention we actually have a really good uh, champagne house pouring that day. Charles Heidzik and Piper Heidzik they'll be pouring cool four different champagnes uh, that they produce. Uh, from I think they're there from noon to three, possibly, and that's free for customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just right in the middle of the store, and so you can get your New Year's Eve started early if you want. And then uh, the day before New Year's Eve, we're regular hours uh, on uh, 10 to 6 on Saturday. You can go to BottleBarn.com. You can sign up for some awesome deals, BottleBarn.com, and make it happen. They make it happen, and they have for so many years. What else do you got here? All right, so oh. the name of the winery is Schramsberg. They've been around a long oh, yeah, time. Of course. They're in Napa Valley, what, what? and this is a vintage-dated bottling 2020. They're Blanc de Noirs, um, 100% Pinot Noir. And you may ask why they could actually make a 2020. Uh, Dan, I'm it, asking, why did they make a 2020? <laughs> because there were a lot in of 2020 fires. there were a lot of fires, but when you're making champagne or sparkling wine in California... You're harvesting grapes in August, so there's no chance of fires in August. So at least well, that, not so. that year, anyway. This is the 2020 uh, Bunk de Noir Schramsberg, and uh, this sells for just a dollar more than the uh, LaSalle, and it's at thirty four ninety nine. Now, see, this is a great sparkling wine for New Year's Eve for people who don't want to spend a lot of money. But I mean, for, in the th- this is this is this is great. This is. I hate to say this, it's Dom Perignon quality at a price you can afford. Wow, that's deep. Really you good. need to put that on your website. There we go. I'm <laughs> going to quote Dan. On yeah, the, put I it on do. The, on the website for sure. And the beautiful packaging. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks expensive. It's got the great script on it, the clear bottle that shows uh, the color of the uh, sparkling wine. It's, it's, a, it's been a great product for a I, long time. I, I may like this. And I've only tasted, I haven't tasted all the stuff you guys are tasting, but uh, I think this might, may be my favorite. Yeah. And again, it I'm is, not a sparkling wine guy. delicious wine. And one amazing part about this wine is that this wine has, over the last 30 or 40 years, has changed its grape sources depending on the quality of the grapes. They're not relying on a particular region. They're looking more for house style. And that is so critical because this house has never changed what it wants to do in terms of what the wine is. Wow. Winemaker after winemaker, 
They have to be educated into the Schramsberg style. And this 2020 yeah. Schramsberg Blanc de Noir is absolutely a classic example of what Schramsberg does. Wow. And how customers mu- how much a that. bottle burn? $34.99. Jeez. Yeah, customers appreciate that, that, you know, the the bottle they bought five years ago tastes the same as the bottle they bought yesterday, and they can count on it year after year. And Schramsberg's been great. One of the best tours in Napa Valley, by mm-hmm. the way. What you're dealing with in sparkling wine is wine. It says sparkling wine on the label, but really it's wine. And a good quality wine will show itself almost regardless of where you serve it and when you serve it. Yeah. And in this particular case, every single bottle that Barry brought, and I'm sort of imagining this, but I'm going to stake my reputation on it, every bottle has such good wine underneath that when these all, all these wines are still flat as a pancake, mm-hmm. just chill them down and drink them as white wine, they'll be delicious. Yeah. You won't be reprimanded. No. And I do this all the time. When I open a bottle of sparkling wine at home, and I'm alone these days, all right, so I open a bottle of sparkling wine for myself, put it in the refrigerator, I I use a resealer cap, and then it stays with bubbles for maybe a day or two. At some point, it starts Mm -hmm. to lose all of its bubbles. But then I've still got a white wine to drink that's really, really good. <laughs> and I, it's not a loss of, of the wine. You don't pour it out just because the, the bubbles are gone. You mm. enjoy it as a, a secondary kind of a product. Yeah. It is California wine country. Dan Berger and Barry Herbst, the wine buyer from Bottled Wine, is here. And we're talking about uh, sparkling wines for New Year's Eve. Give us a wrap-up, dude. Well, one thing we were talking about on the break were how to – Preserve your champagnes a little longer, sparkling wines. These closures, we sell them at Bottle Barn. They kind of clamp. They can come from both sides or just one side. And uh, it stays, I think, I've had a four or five days because uh, it creates a, there's CO2 in there that's still coming off the sparkling wine. And it'll stay in good shape uh, yeah, with you, those. You're not going to get any oxidation because the CO2 is acts as a preservative. Not that you want it as a preservative. You want the CO2 as a a, a taste element. Mm-hmm. But the nice part about this is that it keeps the wine fresh and alive for several days. They're mostly spring-loaded. Yeah, okay. They have the springs inside. You press them down inside the bottle. You press them all the way down, and then you clamp the sides. Yeah, it clamps around the little part of the bottle that And you put it in the fridge, and you got put like the fridge, three got, days, generally. Oh, at least three days. I mean, in my house, it's about 43 minutes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it varies. Dan Berger, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Results may vary. Barry Herbst, a longtime wine buyer for Bottle of Barn, and, of course, Dan Berger. It's California Wine Country. You can listen to all these episodes over the years uh, as podcasts at calwinecountry.com. All right, this is it. We're done. Call it a year. New Year's coming up. Happy New Year, everybody. I mean it.